Uh, thanks, Howard. Uh, let's pray. Our Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, as we work through Proverbs chapter 3, may we not only come to understand what is truly wise and repent where necessary, but also grow in wisdom together as a church family. In Jesus' name, Amen. Friends, I used to uh, watch Romper Room. Yes, it's a, a time of confessions of your pastor. <laughs> I used to watch Romper Room. Now, who here uh, watched Romper Room? You can own up. There's no cameras here. <laughs> I can see Craig. I can see Rod. I can see Steph. I can see Scott. I can see Paul uh, with white writing. <laughs> I can see Stephen and I can see Howard. <laughs> uh, and, I can, yeah. and I can see you too. <laughs> Memories. For those of us who have no idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> it was a TV show in the early 1950s to early 1990s. 40 years. It was for five-year-olds and younger. Uh, each program would uh, open with a greeting from the hostess and a pledge of allegiance uh, to the Queen. And the hostess and a group of children then embark on a 30 or 60 minutes of games, uh, exercises, songs, storytelling and moral lessons, which were regularly accompanied by background music. Uh, the hostess would ask, Mr. Music, please, or ready, please, Mr. Music. See, Scott, that's where I get that saying from. <laughs> uh, to prompt the background music. The young cast, which ranged from four to five-year-olds, was rotated every two months, with many of the hostesses having prior experience working with small children and many being former kindergarten teachers. Etiquette, or etiquette was a focus of romper room. The hostesses, hostesses were always addressed as Miss. The show also had a mascot, Mr. Doobie. Mr. Doobie was an oversized bumblebee who came to teach the children. He was noted for always starting his sentence with Doobie <laughs> as the imperative Doobie. For example, Doobie, good, boys and girls for your parents. Imagine saying that simple statement today. <laughs> uh, there's also a Mr. Don't Be uh, to show children exactly what they should not do. Do balloons were made available for purchase to the public. Uh, each balloon featured a painted sketch of Do Be. Uh, when the balloons were inflated and then released, they would fly around slowly and emit a buzzing sound. The hostess would also serve milk and cookies to the children, uh, gluten-free. Uh, <laughs> before eating, they would recite the celebrated romper room prayer. Do you remember that? God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. 
At the end of each uh, broadcast, the hostess would look through the magic mirror, actually an open frame with a handle, uh, the size and shape of a hand mirror, and recite the rhyme. Do you remember the rhyme? Rompa, stompa, bompa, boo. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me do. Magic mirror, tell me today, did all my friends have fun at play? She would then name the children she saw in television land similar to what I just did. Now, what's this to do with the next couple of verses of Proverbs 3? Nothing. <laughs> Everything, as we shall hopefully see. The next two verses in this five-week sermon series are verses 7 and 8. And they say this, Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and shun evil. Uh, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Verse 7 has a do not be and a do be, just like the bumblebees in Romper Room. That is, do not be wise in your own eyes and do be a person who fears the Lord and shuns evil. See, I told you this is a romper room Bible verse. <laughs> the first point today is therefore very obvious. Do not be a person who is wise in their own eyes. Do not be a person who is wise in their own eyes. Now, simply because it's mentioned, I think we might have an obvious potential problem. And what is it? We tend to be wise, or we tend, we tend to do what we think, I should say, is wise. Interestingly, it doesn't say, do not be foolish. And so the problem is that it might seem wise to us, but it obviously isn't wise to our Lord. Have you ever done something that seemed wise to you? but perhaps the Lord is prompting you or wanting you to do something else? I think many of us, if not all of us, have done that. And also, no doubt, some people might have even been quite confirming over what you've decided to do. But we obviously aren't to do what always pleases others. And we obviously aren't to do what pleases self, no matter how wise it might seem to some including self. We are not to be wise in our own eyes. Now that is easy to sometimes see, uh, such as when the world is saying something quite contrary to what God has already said. But what about those times when it isn't that straightforward? It's no wonder that I said last week that we need to know the Lord deeply. Because it is when we do that we know we can trust him completely. And he can open and close the doors for us, no matter how big they are, if that is what's needed. Are you going through something that isn't that straightforward? And therefore you're inclined to work it out yourself? Are you going through something that isn't that straightforward, that you're feeling 
or you feel like you're now pushing against a, a closed door? Uh, do you judge, that is, make decisions based on what you yourself see with your eyes? If so, please be careful. Do not make decisions based on what you, uh, do you, sorry, make decisions based on what you yourself hear with your ears? It's easy, you know. You make decisions based on what we see or hear. Well, Jesus, shock horror, didn't. And we need to remember that. He didn't make decisions just based on what he saw and heard. Yes, didn't. Do not be wise in your own eyes is what we are told here. Are we also told what to do? And it isn't necessarily based on what we might see and what we might hear. It is based on something else. Let us now turn to the second part of verse 7. I've summed it up like this. Instead, do be a person who fears the Lord and shuns evil. I've heard a lot of our Christians say that you no longer need to fear the Lord if you know Jesus. And that fear when you believe in Jesus simply means revere, that is respect. Uh, perhaps that is you. But that isn't true. It's not even true with one's salvation. At one level, I can't believe I just said that, <laughs> but I did. In saying this, yes, God wants us to know that if a person has received Jesus, uh, we no longer need to worry about facing his wrath on Judgment Day. That's true. And that is now gone. Jesus took it upon himself for us and we remind ourselves of that every single time we have the Lord's Supper together. We remind ourselves that he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. I was going to get a tattoo on my arm about that one. <laughs> but, my favourite word, but we are now to die to sins and live for righteousness 1 Peter 2.24. We don't just sit back now knowing that it's all done for us and enjoy the siesta now. I'd like to. <laughs> I guess you'd like to too. We still at one level are to work out our salvation with God's help, with fear, that is that word, with fear and trembling. Philippians 2.12 and 13. And it isn't a fear and trembling knowing that if we ever trip up, we'll have to once again have to face his wrath. But it is a fear and trembling because we now know him. And if we know him, we will therefore fear him. It's no wonder therefore that true knowledge and true wisdom don't even leave the starting block until one fears the Lord. 
Proverbs 1.7 and Proverbs 9.10. It's also no wonder that we are told that charm and beauty are, what? Fleeting. But a woman, we're told, who fears the Lord is to be praised. Proverbs 31.30. My response, may the women of NHA be praised because you know the Lord that deeply. Yes, our God is holy. We need to know that. Yes, that he is pure. We need to know that. Yes, he is awesome. We need to know that. Yes, he is just. We need to know that. Yes, he is righteous. We need to know that. Yes, he is pure light. We need to know that. Yes, he is a consuming fire. We certainly need to know that. Hebrews 12, 29. But he is also love. More about that in two weeks' time. You know, Jesus actually delighted in the fear of the Lord from our other Bible reading today that Howard brought to us. Delighted. You could say that he delighted in knowing his father that deeply. And we're told that he didn't judge, that is, make decisions based on what he saw or heard. Now he delighted in the fear of the Lord and so he judged, made decisions always based on righteousness and justice. Isaiah 11.4 You could say that he always made decisions based on God's righteousness and God's justice. And that means not making decisions on what is just seen or heard. Hmm. Uh, I wrestle with some of this stuff. <laughs> but I love John Piper's example to help us to better understand the fear of the Lord. Uh, John Piper, many of you know John Piper. Those of you who watch Romper Room should know John Piper. <laughs> uh, John Piper is an American pastor, theologian and writer of many books. And he says this, and I'll read it out word for word in explaining what the fear of the Lord is like. Quote, this is him speaking, I went to visit a man named Dick Teagan with Carsten when he was six. Now that is one of his sons. He had a dog at the door when we opened the door. He looked Carsten eyeball to eyeball. Yes, this is a giant dog. I sent Carsten back to the car to grab something that we'd forgotten and the dog went loping up behind the six-year-old at his height with a little low growl and Carsten was terrified and Dick, <laughs> that is the man they were visiting, leaned out the door and shouted to Carsten, my six-year-old, Carsten, maybe you better not run. He doesn't like it when people run away from him. Just Walk beside him. End of quote. Friends, God can be horrifically dangerous to run away from. And we should therefore be terrified to run away from God. But if we stay with him, you know, walk beside him, 
know him deeply. His growl is a growl of our protection, not our destruction. You show proper respect to everyone, is what we're told in the Bible. Love the family of believers, honour your government, but fear God. 1 Peter 2.17 And it's when we fear the Lord that we'll also shun evil. You could say we dare not run away from him. One of my favourite Bible verses, yes, I do have a lot of them, <laughs> is Exodus 20.20. You know Exodus 20.20? Okay. Uh, it comes straight after the Ten Commandments. Uh, God's people have just been exposed to thunder, lightning, you know, a trumpet, and a mountain in complete smoke, Mount Sinai. And they've just said to Moses to not let God speak to us because if he does, we're going to die. <laughs> we'll surely die. They were trembling with fear. Moses then said to the people, and it's recorded for us in Exodus 20.20. Do not be afraid. God has come to test you. Now, I don't like it when he tests us. <laughs> so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from what? Sinning. When one fears the Lord as one should, one knows that you should never run away from him. One knows not to keep sinning. And that is true wisdom. One shuns evil. Our friends, we're in the home straight now. And I love verse 8. It is the consequences of a wise life. Do you know the word consequences? Uh, many people today don't. <laughs> that is the consequences of a godly wise life. A life that trusts the Lord with all one's heart. I'll put it like this. And, consequence, it will be great. <laughs> yes, verse 8 is all about consequences. As I said, we today aren't big on that one. <laughs> but it's everywhere in the Bible. There will be consequences. The NIV 2011 says, And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Now, although the various translations do verse 8 differently, they do, Howard, as you would know, uh, some say navel, Rather than body, some say flesh rather than body. Uh, the word for body literally means umbilical cord or navel string. <laughs> yes, although it is translated in various ways, the message is still the same. It will all end up great. The consequences of a life that fears the Lord and therefore shuns evil will all end up good. In other words, it will be great, it will bring life. The consequence of a godly life is life in all its fullness. Someone else said something like that, didn't they? <laughs> and that person's name is Jesus. What did he say in John 10.10? 10? I have come that you may have life. <laughs> 
and have life in all its fullness. And you know what are the next words that he says after that? In John 10.10, 10, it's John 10.11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It makes me, well, it makes me, <laughs> think of the most popular chapter of the Bible, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And who's the Lord? The Lord? We sung about that. Jesus. I therefore lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So irrespective of how you are feeling today, whether you are struggling with cancer or struggling with old age or just crawled in here this morning <laughs> or on one big plateau and wonder when you'll ever get off it <laughs> or if you just had a baby. Yes, we just had a baby, another baby. Isn't that wonderful? grandparents <laughs> baby Azil was born this week Isaac was last week uh, to uh, Justin and Lisa Isaac was was for one week the youngest person in NHA <laughs> now Azil is E-Z-I-E-L is the youngest person at NHA yes irrespective of how things are travelling for you at the moment, whether you're in a deep valley, on the top of a mountain, traversing a very long plateau, if you live a good life, a godly life I should say, a wise life trusting in him, it will all be great. And talking about fear, you will certainly not have to fear that, let alone fear any evil. Yes, there are always consequences. We tend to think there hasn't been any lately, but there always are. Think about it. But the consequences here end up all good. It will be great, health to your body, nourishment to your bones, no matter how much arthritis you have. <laughs> nourishment to your bones when one walks with Jesus the Good Shepherd closely. He refreshes our soul. Psalm 23 said that. And even if we trip over at times, and I guess we sadly will, one needs to get up, dust oneself, repent knowing we can be forgiven, and then walk with him again. Along the right path, along the right path for his name's sake. Once again, Psalm 23. Yes, be teachable. After all, this good shepherd didn't just lay down his life for you and for me. He also promises us life and life to the 
fullest. How good is that? It's great. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for enabling us. Yes, you've done that, to be with you through the gift of faith in your Son, Jesus. Please help us to walk with you closely and not to walk away or run away from you at all. Please forgive us if we have walked away from you, tried to be wise in our own eyes. May we also wait patiently for you when it's not that obvious as to what to do. Yes, may we fear you and therefore shun evil, shun whatever displeases you, no matter the cost. In Jesus' name, amen.